And the more truthful I am with myself and with those that I love and with my community is, you know, where I realized, gosh, it's up to me to take radical responsibility in my life. And, you know, there are a lot of key moments that I was tested and where I chose to be unstoppable. And I truly feel that unstoppable within us and within me are the moments where I choose not to give up. I choose to keep moving forward, you know, so I would say. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of pro-founding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. There are so many areas in our life that we can say have created us to be unstoppable, but there's always one moment in our life that really hits us and really starts that initiative of becoming unstoppable. What would you say that would be for you? Mm, That is such a great question. And first off, I want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited for you and I'm excited about this platform and all of the amazing guests that you're going to have on and just the wisdom and knowledge that you share to just everyone that is listening in on this right now. Also, I want to apologize to the audience in case I cough. I am sorry, (laughs) but I'm getting over a little cold. So you might hear me like, she's human. I will try to (laughs) cough away, but I'm, I have all the liquids in front of me, all the things in front of me. So I don't cough, but I just wanted to give the audience a heads up in case that were to happen. Um, But that's such a great question. So that moment where I felt unstoppable. You know, I I don't necessarily have one specific moment. I truly feel it's been a series of events throughout my life that has tested me because let's be honest, we don't always feel unstoppable. There's times where honestly, I felt like I just don't want to do this anymore. I want to give up or what's the point. And honestly, it's this place where I think I really truly started taking radical responsibility for the outcome of my life in my thirties. You know, twenties was that, 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 that place where, you know, I put on this facade where everything's always perfect. I'm always doing the right things. I'm always saying the right things. I'm always appearing perfect to the outside world, but it wasn't until my thirties that I really let down that wall and let people know that I am human. I do have human moments and things aren't always perfect. And it's, it's almost like what Brene Brown says, the truth will set you free, right? It really will. And the more truthful I am with myself, and with those that I love and with my community is, you know, where I realized, gosh, it's up to me to take radical responsibility in my life. And, you know, there are a lot of key moments that I was tested and where I chose to be unstoppable. And I truly feel that unstoppable within us and within me are the moments where I choose not to give up. I choose to keep moving forward, you know? So I would say there's really not a specific moment or time because I've had bad business partnership. <clears throat> I've had my business taken away from me. I've had my car repossessed. I've had, um, you know, moments where I had to start all over again, literally from ground zero, right? After selling everything and having this, and I've actually had to do that four times in my life, leaving my comfort, leaving my homes, leaving my relationships to basically struggle and start over again. 
And, you know, those are all pivotal moments of being unstoppable. But I feel like unstoppable usually happens right, right after a very tough and strenuous time. So, yeah. So what created this um, this guru in fitness, like how did it start it off in your childhood or did it start happening in your, you know, when you were a teenager going into college? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've always been an athlete. I, you know, grew up playing sports. I was literally, oh gosh, I have a story. So I remember being in junior high and I've always been really athletic. You know, I've always played softball, t-ball since I was really young. My family is super athletic. Like my mom still has the record at her high school for the shot put in track literally to this day. And it's, you know, we've always just really had this athletic family. So, you know, sports is something that's always been sort of like, it was like a non-negotiable, you know, it's something that I had to do because my mom like, you're Mm -hmm. doing these sports. And I remember you know, being really good at softball, but volleyball, I really wanted to play volleyball. And I remember, you know, in junior high, I was second string in seventh, seventh grade was sitting on the bench, second string. And my mom being a competitive mom and being the way that she is very, just like Felicia, I want you to be the best. And I think, you know, I'm first born. And so that was always instilled in me too. I think that's why I was always so afraid to make a mistake in my teens and in my twenties because of the, and nothing against my mom, but she just, she wanted me to excel. She wanted me to do well. Right. And so that's, she just did it the best way she knew how. And I remember her sitting me down and saying, Felicia, at the end of the season, she's like, I'm tired of seeing you sit second string. Do you want to be the best? Do you want to come in next year and be the best, which was, would have been eighth grade. And I said, yes. So she signed me up for, um, like a a travel volleyball team. It was called East Valley junior Olympics here in, in Chandler, EVJO. I was the smallest on my team and I was the worst on my team. But within that year, I improved so much that I came back my eighth grade year and I not only was first string, but I also was MVP that year. And that's sort of been my life from that pivotal moment of junior high into everything that I ever did. I was never like the all-star best. I was good. I was known for being good. I was competitive. I, I always, you know, made varsity. And I even went to college playing softball at Arizona State. But it, it was always this, like, I had to work really hard. I had to practice really hard. I had to keep showing up. And so fitness just came naturally to me. It's something that I just always been a part of me from sports to now, you know, junior high to then high school to then college. And in college is when I really started actually training people. So fitness was always a big part of my life and exercise. Again, not growing up in a a diet culture because I grew up in a Mexican household. So we never talked about carbs. We never talked about diet. I never heard my mom say, I'm jumping on a diet. Like she just didn't. She didn't care. She loved her body. So I grew up with that. So I never grew up with hating my body, but I grew up with loving fitness and loving sports. And so in college, when I was at Arizona State, I started training people out of my garage and I was actually studying to be a lawyer at that time, took my LSAT for law school. I had a political science bachelor's degree. And I knew from that moment when I started training people that that's what I wanted to do. It came so naturally to me. I was a natural teacher, a natural coach, and I didn't know where that was going to take me, but I followed my heart and my passion and it led me down a road of fitness for years to come and still a big part of my life. 
And at 22, you started your own business. You started your own gym. Mm-hmm. You built your own business. That is amazing. <coughs> How on earth at 22 were you able to do that? Because that's a, that takes a lot of um, equity or, you know, to, to buy and, yeah, you know, to purchase all of that. So yeah. how, oh my gosh. how did I, that? How did... I was in the right place at the right time, first of all. Secondly, my naivete got me through a lot of my 20s, you know, being naive to the process and just having this big dream. And I didn't, you know, I just knew that I didn't want to work for a gym. I knew that. I knew that I wanted to create my own schedule. And there was just something inside of me like, oh, this is possible. Like, at first, I started training people actually out of my gym, my home, and, until I got an actual storefront when I was 22, and it was a 1,500 square foot studio. And what's awesome about that story is um, my partner and I at the time we knew the landlord, the owner of the building, and he's like, "Hey, if you take me on as a client, I'll allow you to um, rent space here for a dollar a square foot." Now that wow. is unheard of. <laughs> Right. So at the time it, it was just timing was everything. So 1500 square foot studio, dollar a square foot, $1,500 a month rent. And, you know, I had dozens and dozens of clients. So, you know, I was doing really well, still obviously not charging a ton, but I remember just being, being able to make money and being able to mm-hmm. help people. And I knew that I never wanted to work for a gym and I knew that I never wanted to, you know, work for anyone. I just, just like, I knew that this was for me and from that moment, now I'm 40, I still have never worked for anybody. And I've always learned how to make it work. You know, as you know, you being a single mom, you just find, figure it out. You find a way to make it happen, right? Now, mm-hmm. I didn't have any children or anything like that, but I did move out at the age of 19, never going back home. So I, I had to figure it out for myself. I had to figure out how to make money and pay my rent and pay my house pay, or car payment and health insurance and like all the things. And so, you know, I never went back to my mom's after that, even after relationships failed, I never wanted to go back to my mom's house. I would figure it out. You know, I Mm -hmm. would rent a home. I would, I never lived in an apartment, but I remember renting homes and like having to figure it out, coming up with a security deposit and being able to pay and, and just learning how to fend for myself has always been something that I has innately been a part of me. And so, um, yeah, so starting a business at the early age of 20s, first of all, it was timing and meeting the right people really helped, right? Because there's no other space I could have been able to rent for that if it wasn't for that man, that nice gentleman that allowed us to rent there. Um, and it gave me the knowledge of, and also the, the confidence in what I did, because the more that you do things that are scary, the more that you start proving to yourself that you can do these things. And also if you fail, it's not fatal. The more you, you increase the momentum inside of you and you increase Mm -hmm. the confidence. Now I am not terrified of failing at all. Like I could put something together, put a business together. And if it doesn't do like I thought it was going to do, I rework the strategy and continue. Like it's like failure is not fatal. You just keep moving forward. And that's what entrepreneurship, as you know, because you're so experienced in it. It's just resiliency and perseverance, right? Yeah, for sure. What makes you so passionate though? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we understand that. But people who are wanting to start getting themselves into becoming an entrepreneur or do a side thing, or maybe they're literally in the midst of their first 
failed, right? Nobody can see my quotation marks <laughs> through the audio, but I'm doing quotation marks, right? Because there's no failure. It's learning, re-strategizing. Mm -hmm. But maybe they're in the midst of that. And they literally could be, they could make one or two choices. Either they quit mm -hmm. or they pivot mm -hmm. and they keep going. But what keeps you, what has kept you passionate along the way and motivates you to keep going? Mm. That's a great question. I first off want to say, if you're listening to this right now, well, if you're listening to the Unstoppable podcast, you're probably maybe in the entrepreneur space or wanting to start a business, but maybe you, you fell upon this podcast because you love Karina and maybe you aren't an entrepreneur and that is okay. My sister, she loves being able to clock in, clock out somewhere and not have to worry about anything and live her life. And she loves that. She doesn't want that stress. So not everyone is, is cut out for it or even wants to do that. And that is absolutely okay. And also I want to say that even though you may be passionate about something, passion and your hobbies, you don't necessarily have to make money from it. It can truly just stay a passion and a hobby, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, if you are listening to this and you are in that entrepreneur space and you do want to succeed and you want to keep pushing forward, and not, and for me, the biggest lesson is not being attached to the expectation and the outcome of what you set yourself out to be, right? So like, <clears throat> you're probably a goal setter. I'm a goal setter. I'm very type A, very like, I, I tend to lean a little bit more into masculine strategies in terms of like, these are my goals. These are my numbers. These are what I want. And it wasn't until I, I tapped a little bit more into the feminine energy, which is more of the alignment, the flow, the, does this feel good? Like, do I want to create this business? And, and also tapping more into the why, which mm -hmm. has allowed me to make business more fun. Right. So if you are an entrepreneur right now and you know, you maybe are feeling down or maybe something didn't turn out the way that it didn't, you know, so this gives us a really good chance to reevaluate your goals, but also reevaluate your why. And when we connect to our why, and you may have heard this before, maybe Karina has talked about it, but when we connect to our why, it is so much deeper than, well, I want to be a millionaire, right? So if we were just to say, I want this money goal, let's say for me in the next year, I want a seven figure business, which is a goal of mine. That that's fleeting, very fleeting. Let's say I were to attach it to, gosh, what is a seven figure business going to give me, going to allow me to feel? It's going to allow me to bring team members on and pay their salary and allow them to make more money. It's going to allow me to, Keith and I, maybe we want a second home in Sedona or up north. It's going to allow me to, oh man, my mom really wanted to pay off the rest of her mortgage and she has, you know, a hundred thousand left on her mortgage. I can probably help her pay that off, right? Like all of these other things that are deeper than, well, I want to make a seven figure business. Well, why? Right. And when mm -hmm. I think about those things, I think about the deeper connections of what a million dollar business or more, right. What that will give me and what that will allow me to do. And also just that, that confidence that builds as I'm, as I'm growing into that, <clears throat> that space, it's so much deeper than the money alone. So mm -hmm. much deeper. Right. And so I always tell, you know, the coaches that I work with or the entrepreneurs that I work with, have it be deeper than just the vanity metrics of it. Have it be deeper than the money or the business success or the ego or the pride. Cause I'll tell you, I owned gyms and the last gym that I just sold, I, <clears throat> I sold it in 2017. 
the last two years of that business, I probably should have sold a lot sooner, but I continued. I wasn't happy, but I continued because my pride and my ego kept me there. I didn't want people to think that I was a failure. I completely disregarded how I felt and the happiness within me because I cared so much about what people thought. And that will leave you very unhappy and very unsatisfied, right? So do you, you know, be connected to your why and keep showing up because failure after failure, eventually you will succeed. You will. It's, it's, it's success is a numbers game. It really yeah. is. What would you say is your, your why? Like, what is it for you? Yeah, that's so great. I think for me, my why has changed over the years. It used to be, I was really connected. I'm an Enneagram three. I was really connected to a lot of it was pride and ego. You know, like I knew for me, the more I accomplished, the better I felt. And my self-worth was so attached to accomplishments. And it wasn't until the last couple of years that I realized that, oh my goodness, like that's such bull crap. It's like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make you happy. Mm-hmm. And the more that I came back to, oh my gosh, you know, for me, it's the impact that I get to make with people, like working with clients that I work with and having them on coaching calls or seeing them be able to create wealth in their life is really exciting because mm-hmm. for me, I've, I felt like I've been able to do it. You know, it's kind of like the, um, when you have the, uh, I don't what what is it called? It's not the it factor. There's a book that I read and, you know, it's, they talk about millionaires who have gone bankrupt or billionaires that have gone bankrupt or people that have lost a lot of money <clears throat> will use, um, I won't use him as an example because most people don't really like him, but Donald Trump, for instance, you know, like he was a millionaire, he lost everything, but he was able to make it back. And I can't think of anyone off the top of my head right now, but when you have the ability to make that sort of money, like for you, you know how to make a million dollar business. If God forbid you were to lose your business some in some way, I guarantee you, Karina, you could create another business again and create a multi-million dollar business because you have the tools to get there. Your thermostat for success is here. You know how to do it. There's a term for it, and I can't think of it right now. It's in a book. But <clears throat> I mean, think about it. You know, lottery winners, uh, percentage, 72% of lottery winners go bankrupt in the first three years after winning the lottery. Why is that, right? Because they never had experienced that sort of wealth or income before or, or, or money and they don't know how to manage it, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the income doesn't match where they're personally at at that time internally, right? And so yeah. like the money mindset and that shifts, you know, have it's, it's unequal. So, you know, for me coming back to, you know, my why it's really standing in my power understanding it. And also for me, knowing that anything is possible and anything that I set my mind to, I can do. And really it's, it's like life is this journey and how fun is it to create these things? Like how fun is it to create a podcast and talk to people all around the world? Right. Mm-hmm. How fun is it? Cause I know you're going to do this. You're going to write a book, but to write a book talking about your life story, like why not? We only get this life once. And for me, it's like, I want to do the things and I want to prove to myself. I want to like learn all the things and I want to do all the things because this life is so short and it's, that is really my why it's like, gosh, I have this idea. I want to do this thing. Why not go after it? Mm-hmm. Right? So, I, I do really love the fact that you acknowledge that it has evolutionized and that's, 
something I want to point out is that, you know, sometimes we can be like, I don't even know what I want because one minute I want this, one minute I want that. Mm-hmm. And to understand life is to understand that it, it grows, it changes. There's evolution and progression in your life. And so you may always have these other desires for your why. Like my why first started out to be, which is still my children, but it has grown past that because my mind has grown. I've, I've learned more. I've experienced more. I understand more. And so it's not just my children. It's, it's beyond that too. And that doesn't make someone, you know, wishy-washy about their desires, their wants and their goals. You're growing. It's like growing up. Right. And yeah. And that's good. It's good for you to have a positive focus and um, have a why that really motivates you and makes you passionate. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. when we think of passionate, you hit it nail on the head. It's not passionate about what you do. Yeah, you love what you do. But b- doing some of the things that you're passionate about are really not money makers. It's right. something you just are passionate and you love and it just yeah. makes you tick. I love um, bird watching. That's a fun, this is a good one for my audience. I do. I, I love to watch. <laughs> I love to find all the birds. I, I will never, I will never, ever, ever make money off of that. I will never do anything outside of that. But that's one of my little secret things that I love to do. And yeah. it makes me so happy. So we have to differentiate. Passion is not something you do. It's something mm-hmm. that makes you feel inside. Mm. that motivates you to do what you're doing. Right. Um, So you had brought up at the very beginning, you said, I have failed, you know, essentially you had to restart four times. Mm -hmm. You know, what was that like for you? Because I feel like from the, you know, I've known you this past year Mm -hmm. and Felicia Romero is all knowing fitness. But she's also, you are also somebody who's very spiritual, who is in tune with, you know, the energy and understanding um, greater powers that are not just the things that we do analytically and write on paper, right? Mm -hmm. There's that manifestation part and believing and knowing that you can achieve it. But the Felicia Romero, you know, from the, you know, years ago when you first started, Mm-hmm. Um, is is more of the analytical. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to go to school. I'm going to get my master's. I'm mm-hmm. going to start my my business. Mm-hmm. Tell us kind of that process because you have definitely. I mean, you're amazing then. You're amazing now. But you've evolutionized and you've changed, and you are even deeper of a person, which is very beautiful. But mm-hmm. you can't get deeper unless you go through hard things. You just yeah. cannot. There well, is no growth. That's the thing. I was just going to mention, like, the reason I feel like I have evolutionized and I have gone through, you know, this change and I've been humbled many times in my life, which which I think is now still a very much a part of me, is the the low periods, the times when, like you mentioned, you know, I had to start over four different times in my life where literally ground zero, leaving everything to start at ground zero again, or selling a business and starting at ground zero, or ending a bad partnership and being sued and 
vice versa, me suing them and like starting to, it's like at the time it feels like your world is ending at the Mm -hmm. time. It feels like I'm never going to see light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. But just like failures and just like success, it comes in seasons. And I think honoring the season that you're in is so important, right? So I needed that time. Like after you almost, it's, it's almost like you can't appreciate the light without the dark. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm in a relationship now with my fiance and we were high school sweethearts, but I would not have appreciated him had I met him five years earlier. I needed to go through bad, right? Like, like things that I knew weren't for me in order to appreciate his very just kindness and just his simple, you know, his simple nature, just very even keel guy. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have appreciated that five years earlier. So I think, you know, we go through these things in life that truly change us. Um, and you get to choose how you want to use it for you. For me, I used it as a, as a catalyst and a motivator to know that, I wanted to keep pushing forward, but don't get me wrong. It's like, I did spend a good amount of time sitting on my couch, depressed, thinking, what am I going to do? But I think when you have that fire inside of you, it always returns. It may dim out. It may go away for a little bit, but it always returns. And that's where we get to honor the seasons that we're in. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're a mom listening to this right now, maybe you're in a season of raising your kids. Does it mean that you can't ever go and, you know, maybe you just had a baby. Maybe you want to, you know, really enjoy the first six months of your kid's life and you're going to put your business side hustle or whatever on the side. That's okay. Does it mean that you can never start a business? No, it means that you're in a season and you want to honor that season. And Mm -hmm. that next season comes up, you can honor that too. You know, there are slow seasons. There are where you're in that creative mode. There are seasons where you need to rest and charge. There are seasons where you maybe need to like stay underneath in, and burrow for a little bit and put your ideas to light and not let anyone know about what you're doing. Right. So like, I think just honoring and, and recognizing the seasons that you're in will also be really helpful in, you know, how you move forward. I love that you bring that up and <clears throat> about, you know, that there are seasons because, you know, my, one of my biggest struggles that I've had was I was almost 30 when I became a single parent and I really, in my mind, right. I had placed in my mind, regardless of what anyone else is thinking, I had automatically thought I am behind. I'm so behind. I have got to catch up. I don't have my college education. I don't have any work experience. I, you know, I I just felt so incredibly behind. And so I had so much pressure on myself and I feel like it was the pressure that was like getting to me and like burning me out and making me exhausted or making me feel like I was so behind or that I was failing. And so when you talk about, you know, if you have a new baby, you know, I had gone from being a single mom for several years, then remarrying. And then, you know, we had a child together. And so I'm like in the midst of my career. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm just totally going to get derailed, right? Like this is just the hardest thing ever. And um, I had to, to, you know, it it didn't happen overnight. It took took a while, but I had to really come with, you know, this, I 
this mentality of like, what's meant for me will be all I need to do is do the work. Mm-hmm. And some days I may not do as much work as what I may have done the day before, but it's not because I'm being lazy. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm honoring my time. Yeah. And that is very important because then I won't be even happy in my personal life. Yeah. And you can't, yeah. you can't be happy in your business or work life and be miserable in your personal life. Like you, if you're miserable in your personal even though you're successful in your business, you're going to be miserable and vice versa. It's just, it is the way it is. And so, you know, it's really important to just be like, what, why are you in a hurry? Yeah. Are you in a hurry? Cause you're, you're, I love that you say that. And let me just mention, cause I have, this is so important for those listening right now and, and us talking about it. And this is where like your timeline is your timeline. Your divine timing is, is meant for you. You are not ahead and you are not behind. You are exactly where you need to be. And the more that we can, we can feel that and be aware of that, but believe that the less you're going to feel inadequate or lacking or scarce. Right. And this also goes into, you know, the manifestation piece, right? So like if we focus on, Things that we don't want in our life. Gosh, I don't want to, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. Instead of focusing on what we do want, we're mm-hmm. going to bring more in of the things that we don't want, right? It's meaning, if you were just explaining right now, gosh, I don't have my college degree yet. Gosh, I'm, I'm single again. I'm a single mom and I'm not where I want to be. What happens when we focus on those things? It brings our energy down. We become less magnetic. We become this very like limited, scarce mindset and person versus really switching that energy up and knowing that your time is coming. Because honestly, miracles can happen at any time. And this is where Mm -hmm. we can really get into, and I won't go too deep into it, but we can get into like the quantum leaps, right? So as long as you're moving forward, but you know, we give ourselves these timelines. Well, I can't do this until this happens, or I'm not going to be... I'm not going to have a six figure business until next year. Actually, you can have a six figure business at any time. Like you can literally spend, you know, the next couple of months putting something together. And all of a sudden you start signing people up at this new price point, And oh my, all, all of a sudden you're bringing in 15, $20,000. Like those can, that can happen. When we limit ourselves, we, we actually hold ourselves back from what's possible. So everybody, if we were to look at a football field, and let's say you're you're here, Karina, but you want to be here. You're you're it's already within reach. It just hasn't come to fruition yet. You being, let's say, a, an author and doing a book signing at, you know, whatever, like all of these things that you may be thinking or speaking on a big stage, or it's already within you. It's already within reach. It just hasn't showed into fruition yet. I'm already a millionaire. I don't have it in my bank account but I trust and I believe it. And I know that it'll happen, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of the timeline of the, the leaps of getting there. My business can blow up in the next six months. Maybe I do a new lead strategy. Maybe I do a new thing, but I know that I'm just continuing to move forward. The other day I was, I was sick, <clears throat> you know, a couple weeks ago and I didn't, I was so down. And this is again, a good indication also that you don't always have to be this high vibe person and energetic person in order to create income. You're not always going to have high days as a business owner. You're not always going to feel high vibe, but your business can still make money. 
So I was out of town and then I was sick and I literally did not talk about any of my programs. I didn't try to quote unquote sell or do anything, but I have systems in place, systems that would just work on the back end. So if I'm sick, if I don't feel like showing up, they're already still kind of working on the back end. And, you know, during that time, it was during a four day period where I was literally just absent from social media or absent from even just showing up in my business or anything. And I was feeling pretty down, very depressed. I still brought in about $8,000 in revenue over four days by not doing anything. Right. And so like that, that's a, that's a miracle to me. I'm no longer trading time for money. This is like, whoa, this is how quantum leaps happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just being committed, but also just continuing to focus on the positive things that continue to move you forward. Right. Yeah. And so like, that's how really how manifestation happens as well. So for almost 10 plus years, you've owned business, uh, you've owned uh, gyms. That's what you yeah. really focused on. And then after 2017, you are now doing what? I mean, I do know, I know what I would love for you to share. <laughs> so much. This is such a hard loaded question for me. For those that are multi-passionate, <laughs> they're like, what do you do? Um, I would say for me, I do a couple different things. I have multiple streams of income, but primarily I have pivoted these last couple of years. Well, since selling my gyms, I did have many years where I was in the online space, essentially selling my online fitness programs to people worldwide, right? So I had clients all around the world. Um, you know, I still actually do have a corporate wellness business that I run. So I work with a handful of companies in the corporate field because I had such great connections with that. So that is one stream of income. I still have my feet in fitness, which I love, um, because fitness will always be a part of me. Um, but primarily I help wellness coaches literally create wealth online. So being able to stop trading time for money. Because let's be honest, we only have so many hours in the day to, and, and, you know, if you're capped out and you're training people all day or working with people all day, one-on-one, you're going to be, you're going to, you're not going to be able to scale. You're going to be pretty mm -hmm. limited in your time. So I teach trainers how to take their gifts, their unique gifts, turn that into an online program to, and tons of value and basically help people all around the world. And it's really what I did when I left the gym space and the one-on-one -on -one space to move to the online space and being able to create a six figure business, all of the tools and the things that I've done for myself. Now I teach coaches how to do that as well. Um, and yeah, so I have that, that's my primary source. And then I have the, I'm, I work as a consultant as well. So a lot of companies hire me as consultants. I work with one big healthcare company right now. Um, and I'm salaried by them. And then I also do corporate wellness. So I do a variety of things, all things that really light me up. And all things that come really easily to me, but also I feel like an expert and authority in yeah. and I just love it also allows me to continue to use my creativity, right? Cause I get bored very easily. I don't know about you, but I like to like be challenged. I like to, you know, start new things. Like you know, I, I have a podcast as well. And I just like to be able to, to express myself creativity with my creativity and I think that's why I also love, you know, creating content online as well. I do a lot of stuff online and I love to educate and I love to share and I love to express myself through that, through that way as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's really great that you've been able to take 
a market that everybody knows. I mean, everyone knows about the fitness industry and you can get your, um, your uh, training certificate and, you know, you can kind of go down that path. You can be somebody who really understands about um, how to get that physique that people are looking for. You can integrate food on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have fine tuned it into what fits you. So like you didn't reinvent the wheel of fitness. Mm -hmm. You just fell into what you were passionate about and you were able then to create a business that almost knit march niche market that yeah. right so yeah, absolutely and it's really you know knowing the woman that I wanted to work with and so let's just be honest we've, we've had this conversation before but entrepreneurship and creating a business is essentially creating a business that solves a problem right like what is this problem how can I solve it And for women, and because I experienced this, what I was seeing, because I came from an extreme background of fitness, I was a competitor for years. I know we didn't really talk about that, but it's a whole nother hour episode, but I was an extreme competitor. And so when I stopped competing, I realized that I had some major issues with food. I had major issues with my body and I knew another diet was not going to help me. And so like, now I knew, wow, there are so many women out there mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to be competitors. This is just any woman who have been on a dozen diets and always are searching for the next magic pill to get them mm-hmm. to where they want to be. And I knew that wasn't the answer. It wasn't. It, I knew that it had to come down to lifestyle and behavioral changes and their relationship with themselves and food. And so that was the problem that I wanted to solve through my, through my programs. And so, yeah, essentially, you know, a lot of times the problems you solve are things that you've experienced as well. Yeah. That that you have figured out for yourself. And you had mentioned earlier that in your initial um, sphere, your your family dynamics, Mm -hmm. you didn't grow up with that, right? You didn't grow up with... Uh, you know, negative body issues, you didn't grow up with food issues, you were in sports, you were athletic. And it wasn't until you surrounded by tons of other people in this industry who are all trying to beat out one another. And and a lot of really unhealthy habits mm-hmm. can come up and then become habitual. And it can yeah. be something that is a really difficult thing to break. But it's really important that, you know, you walk in with a strong mindset because your mindset is what's going to allow you to say, you know, that's just not for me. And you're going to be okay with that because you understand the bigger picture, right? Then rather going into it being like, all you see is the surface is what you're competing for and having this strong developed mindset, which is what you are creating for you know, wellness coaches, it's going to go even deeper than that for them, right? It's, it's that level down that foundation that they need to stand on so that when they're in this sometimes toxic environment, which every industry has a toxic environment um, of some sort, they have the ability to withstand the storms of the toxicity and they can become their best selves like that. And that's really amazing to see that like you are someone who can say, Hey, I've been here. I've been here. And now this is me. And now I can help you 
you know, be your best self so you don't get sucked yeah. into that, you know? 100%. And that really comes back to, you know, storytelling. Like if you're, you know, if you're an entrepreneur right now listening to this, you know, no matter what your business is, you know, your why behind your business, but also the story behind your business. And I think Simon Sinek says this, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it, right? You could have two competing businesses here and, you know, people more than likely beyond like price, let's say they're very similar in price point and things like that. People are going to go with the company that they feel like they relate to more, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be the owner, whether it be their story, whether it be, they just feel maybe they're like, gosh, I feel like I know this person. I feel very relatable to this person. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to go with that company, right? And so like when we break it down in the online space, um, this is why it's, we have to really differentiate to know that it's not about saturation or competition. It's about you. So ridding that, that competition or saturation mindset and saying, I just want to show up as authentic as I can be. Mm -hmm. And the most authentic you are, the more authentic you are, I should say, the more you're going to attract people who want to work with you, people who want to sign up with you, people who want to use you for business. It's like, that's where it really, that's where it happens. And so instead of focusing on what you don't have or the negative part of what business may be like competition or saturation, just focus on being ultra authentic, being, you know, connected to your mission, having good business practices, you know, keeping your word, and just continuing to move forward in your business and what you're doing. Would you say that you were always like that when you were branding and marketing your initial companies or is this something that no, you're like, no, this is something that I've definitely learned. And this, this you you learn it through hardships, right? Mm-hmm. I remember being so afraid to, um, I remember not ever wanting to, I would say when I first started in business, I was very like, I didn't want any sort of confrontation or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I I was a people pleaser. And so I had a hard time. So I would like give my all and people would take advantage of that. Right. So then I learned how to set boundaries that didn't happen right away. It happened because I realized, gosh, I'm really giving a lot away and I don't have boundaries set up. Mm -hmm. Right. Or knowing that being a strong business owner doesn't make me a bitch. It makes me a smart business owner. Right. Yeah. I'm having contracts in place. That's not something that I started out with or knowing. I just like, I trust people like, you know, like, hello, my naivete. (laughs) It's like, okay, now I know after being sued once I'm going to have contracts in place. Right. And so like you learn yes from your mistakes, but this is why we have mentors to learn faster. And then you don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. Because uh, I teach my coaches why having contracts in place are important when you start your business. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, you just, it, no, I definitely did not know right off the bat. I have learned entrepreneurship is a muscle and you get to flex that muscle through practice and through experience and through different situations. So you said you were not to, <laughs> I'm almost 42, so, but you mentioned that you're 40. So you've been doing this journey of entrepreneurialism for 18 years. Yeah. Um, gosh, what would you say is like, I mean, do you feel, you feel like you're just like still um, learning all the time. You never stop learning. 
There's so much growth. Learning. And honestly, the, the doubts never quite go away either. Right. So like you, I still have them. The only difference now is the difference between like a seasoned person in business versus like someone who is starting out is I don't let fear take the driver's seat. Yeah. Fear comes along for the ride. Fear sits here in the passenger seat. Fear is still there all the time. You know, anytime I launch something new, anytime I'm up leveling, I just brought on two new team members that I'm paying. I start paying them actually this Friday. It's like, oh gosh, this is real. Like now I'm paying these people for this program. Like I have to make sure that revenue is coming in so I can continue to pay these people. Right. And that's scary. Mm -hmm. But if fear were to take over, fear would probably say this, I should probably not do this. Let me just give up. But fear's still there. It's just not taking over and taking control. So, and yeah, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because I feel the most positive and optimistic people, people who spread positivity, good messages and belief, we, you know, they genuinely, we genuinely mean it, but that doesn't mean that we're perfect and that we just live our life without fear. No, that, that son of a bitch still lives there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and, and then sometimes like there are, there are evolutions out, um, you know, things that I used to be scared of that I'm not anymore. And then there are things that are still there and I have to like quiet, quiet down. And I'm like, it's either I do it or I succumb to the fear and that desire is so much stronger than the fear that I, that I'm like shaking along the way. Cause I'm a little scared, you know, but, it, but, but when I get done or when I'm doing it, when I'm in the process of it, you know, you just have to have faith and just hold on tight. And you, you just like, okay, I'm here. I'm here. I made this step and now I'm in knee deep and I have no other choice, but to go up, you know, cause you don't, you don't want to uh, walk away with, loss you want to try and figure out how to make it all possible so I yeah I love that you brought that up it's so true and everyone needs to understand that I feel like sometimes I you know I share that in my content I'm like you know I'm I'm not perfect like I can give you all this great advice I give myself what I share to other people I apply to myself yeah but I'm still not perfect and some days I'm like yeah you know have to take a few uh a few minutes longer in my meditation where I'm yeah, like, we saw. <laughs> I'm a true Gemini. I will literally have three or four different emotions a day, but the key that I have tools, I have tools, like you just said, your meditation to get you back moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And these tools are so important that you have these tools. Maybe it's an, an awesome morning ritual. Maybe it's exercise for you. Maybe it's a meditation. Maybe it's a gratitude practice. Maybe it's just going and taking a walk outside. Maybe it's doing something that allows you to reset. Maybe it's moving your body and dancing. Like there are so many different things that allow you to like bring in these tools, but it is important to have those tools in place because you are going to feel all the feelings. And when you've done enough personal development, also you'll realize that, you know, we're in control. We get to take radical responsibility. Like I mentioned earlier in the, the beginning of this podcast, you must take radical responsibility for the outcome of your life. It's not, don't, you know, stop playing victim mode or things are just not working out. Like 
we get to take radical responsibility and we can change the course of our life at any time. We really can. So as a seasoned veteran of being an entrepreneur, what are three advices that you would give someone who's either wanting to start or someone who's just started, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're wanting to give up because they feel like it's not working out? Ooh, number one, let go of your expectation. Have goals. Yes. Have intentions. Yes. But let go of the expectation of how it should look and stay committed to the process. Stay committed. And I promise you success will come. So just let go of the expectations and just, you know, keep moving forward is the number one piece of advice that I have been living by the last couple of years. And it's made entrepreneurship so much more fun. Um, number two, stop caring so much of what others think. Don't care what your family thinks. Don't care what, what, what your community is going to think, or your closest friend is going to think like stay true to what you want to do. Okay. This isn't anyone else's life, but yours, no one else is paying your bills, but you, it's like you, you do it for you. And I started to realize that in my thirties, cause my twenties, I was so fearful and I was so like caught in like what others are going to think. So if you could do those two things, you are well on your way. And it's not the strategy. As you can see, I didn't mention any sort of like strategy, like, oh, well, you need to, you know, hire a mentor. You need to, no, 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 no. Like you need to know those two, two basic, very basic mindset fundamentals to help you continue to show up for yourself and your business. Well, I am just, I mean, I'm always so impressed with what you can do. Felicia, Mm -hmm. if you start following her on social media, she has a really big presence on Instagram and TikTok, but her creativity is awesome. I'm like, ah, how does she come up with these reels? That's, that's the one thing I I'm like, that's not my season right now is, is business creative reels, but maybe one day, one day it might be, but she is very creative You've got to go check her out. You've got to go check out her business advice. She's also someone who tells it like it is with her life, her experiences. And, you know, what business owners or new business owners should be doing. So she has a lot of really great positive advice and great energy. You have awesome energy. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun. So funny. So I'm going to tell the audience, though quickly how we met because it's kind of funny um so I am people who listen to my podcast I don't know I feel I feel like maybe a lot of them have followed my LinkedIn or um maybe some other social platforms um and they probably get this perception that I am very outgoing (laughs) because I put it I put it out there I am not I am probably like 70% introvert and the other percent would be I am an extrovert, right? Like I'm majority introvert. I don't like going to big events. When I do, I feel like I have to do it and it makes me feel really uncomfortable and I have to put on my, you know, happy face and try and dig deep. So I decided to do something that was very out of my character, which was go to an all, you know, a powerhouse woman event. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went with no one, which is very scary for me. 
but I just felt really prompted. I felt very like I just needed to do it. And I was like, damn it, Karina, why do you have to listen to your intuition? Like, whatever. So I go, I was really a little bit nervous, but um, I sat down and I sit down next to Felicia <laughs> and she's so nice. But the, you know, as the event goes, I, um, they have us do this, uh, this like an activity, right? We're, we're all talking and they have us kind of do like an exercise and the exercise is to write down things that we feel about ourselves, but we're telling it to someone else. Wasn't that how it went? That's yeah. how it, so how it went, right? The things that have gone through our head and we have to, um, I have to say it to you. Like I'm telling you that you're a loser. Yeah. So we have to do it in second person. So like we write it down as if we're like people like, Oh, like you are not enough or you are, you know, a failure, all these things. So we have to use it in second person of the things that we have talked to. Yes. So here I am in my (laughs) most uncomfortable space doing an exercise, sitting to someone, I had no idea who she was. And suddenly she was my partner in this exercise. And I just start bawling. I like crying during this exercise. And then Felicia was just the kindest human being. And look at you just honestly, you never know. I've made great connections with her. I've met amazing people through Felicia too. I mean, it's just when you network, when you open your heart, when you go against the grain of your fear and you follow what your intuition is telling you, I mean, the most amazing things can happen. So Mm, don't doubt it. Don't don't second guess it. Felicia, where can our list, uh, the listeners find you? And then also, if you have anything exciting coming up, please share with us. Absolutely. Yes. I hang out over on Instagram, mainly at Felicia Romero, also on TikTok. Same thing. My name, Felicia Romero. Um, I also have a podcast called the High Felicia Podcast and a couple of things that I have coming up. I do have a program for wellness coaches. So if you're listening to this right now and you are a fitness coach, health coach, wellness coach, and you want to launch an online business, or maybe you have launched, but you're not seeing the results that you want. I do have a program that's going on right now called the Wealthy Wellness Coach. Um, and then um, ho- hosting a retreat in Sedona in September um, with a breathwork facilitator named Anahata. She's amazing. And we are co-hosting an event together with one of my business partners, Annette De La Rosa. And it's going to be just an amazing breathwork, uh, breathwork and embodiment event. And then we also have a mastermind coming up. So if you are a female entrepreneur and you really are on that trajectory of up level, but you also want to, like Karina just mentioned, meet other like-minded women to collaborate with, to grow with, a mastermind is perfect for that. So we're going to be hosting hosting that actually. We're going to be um, opening that up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Felicia. I'm so happy that Me you were too. able to be on my podcast and um bless us with your amazing wealth of knowledge and experience, but all right. Thank you so much.